Welcome to Beyond Technology, the experience podcast by Acrolec, where we chat about how we're transforming everyday lives with the help of technology. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Beyond Technology, the experience podcast brought to you by Acrolec. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. So on this podcast, we're really going to live up to the name of Beyond Technology, the Experience Podcast. So many of the industries around us are being influenced by the consumer experience, so much so that they're being assimilated into a larger experience economy. We're seeing this in retail, in hospitality, pro-AV, IoT. They're all starting to blend into a creative mix of technology art and content, lifting a theme of engagement and, you know, of course, profits. It's all about business, right? So today we're looking at retail, arguably the industry that has most taken on the mantle of the experience economy. Joining us to break down technology, powering retail innovation, and the larger trends that are at work is Amanda Stam. She's the marketing and innovation project manager for Acrolec. Amanda, welcome to the podcast. It's great to have you on. Hi, Daniel. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, it's a pleasure. I'm looking forward to our chat. So do you agree with my hot take, with my assertion that the retail industry might be the best example of an industry taking up that vision of the experience economy? Yes, I uh, definitely agree that retailers are moving towards that vision because ultimately the customer experience is what is going to drive your customers to visit your brick and mortar store as opposed to going with a one-click purchase online. It's all about the personalization that they're getting from um, an in-person visit. Yeah, and I think it's been heightened by the general standardization of e-commerce in people's lives. You know, it's not really like, ooh, the new big thing. How do we break into e-commerce? It's at this point, it's like if you're not in e-commerce, right, if you don't have an online presence, if you don't have an online platform, if you're not even trying to sell into Amazon, um, you know, for better or for worse, you're kind of missing out on a lot of that convenience that people are looking for. And so therefore, the brick and mortar stores are having to reflect something new. They're having to bring people in and engage them in a different way because going to the mall isn't really for convenience anymore. It's more for an experience and something fresh, something different that you're not going to get online. And I feel like the retail industry is the one that's really had to make that sh- that shift. Yes, I uh, completely agree with you, given that everyone is, you know, all uh, scared of the decline of um, the popularity and visits to malls and uh, physical locations. So um, it's, you know, really all about what you can provide to your customer outside of the product um, at the end of the day, because your customers want to connect with your brand, uh, have a sense of loyalty and really, you know, come in for a purpose that's more than just getting what they want and leaving out the door. Because at that point, there's nothing that stops them from just having it delivered right to their front porch. And I feel like the consumer has also just really taken a lot of control over their shopping habits. Do you feel like that's entirely enabled because of technology? Or do you think there's an aspect of consumer savviness that has grown alongside the technology? I think that that increase in purchasing awareness goes hand in hand with the technology um, and increase of uh, information that's available to the customer. Because through that technology, they now have access to all of the information that they will look for before making a purchase um, from anything, including customer background and values and their brand promise 
to other customer reviews and experiences, uh, the power of those factors has become increasingly valuable. And uh, so I would say that those are both, um, you know, they go hand in hand for sure. You know, I'm also interested in unpacking your experience a little bit here. Um, I know you've had some experience in creative marketing and uh, with digital products at the McDonald's Corporation before you made it over to Acrylec. What insight did working with the McDonald's Corporation give you into this blend of engaging content and digital displays or interactive technology? You know, how the content and the technology are working together to deliver that experience. Yeah, I uh, worked on the digital optimization team uh, working on the McDonald's app. And our main focus was taking that app from your simple scan and go short-term use app um, that customers would engage with only at the drive-through or at the front counter to redeem a coupon, uh, taking that to another level where it's an app that becomes an engagement experience used to create excitement and brand loyalty for McDonald's. Uh, and it gave me a lot of great experience uh, working in appealing to um, a large demographic with that single product and then targeting it down to be its most effective for each unique customer. So we took the most you know basic and simple product you could have and turned it into an app that really brought customers in time and time again so that we could analyze the clicks uh, walk through their customer journey and then make it an app that seemed essential on their phone and not just something that they used in the one-off times when they were visiting a restaurant. Yeah, it's all about removing that friction from the experience, right? Going as frictionless as possible. Yeah, it uh, was certainly um, an experience because you have to really take it um, back a step take yourself out of the equation as someone who works on the app and really understand what your customer's goal is when they enter and what's going to appeal the most to them versus, you know, having your background of information when you already, you know, work and design the app, um, really understanding what is going to drive them to use it versus you as someone who is the subject matter expert in a sense. So beyond the technology itself, that's enabling convenient e-commerce um, you know, technology with a purpose is really what's leading many brands to success at brick and mortar locations. It's not just technology for technology's sake. It's got to have a vision. You know, take Neiman Marcus with their AR changing rooms with smart mirrors. Uh, you can also point to Audi's VR showroom, um, Seven Fresh's smart shopping carts. All of these examples have been seen generally positively by the retail community because of their rollout and because of the goal-oriented uh, focus that they had to really achieve a, a structural solution to something that was affecting their company, um, you know, making the experience more engaging, making the experience, um, you know, something unique for the customer or really solving a communication issue or, you're, you know, trying to make it mm, more frictionless, like we were saying, for the consumer. What do you think makes or breaks technology rollout in a brick and mortar store? You know, what what really makes it something that has vision versus something that is just there for fluff? Well, let me tell you that technology for the sake of technology is like my biggest catchphrase. Um, I believe that everything that is implemented should have first and foremost, a purpose and aim to solve a pain point versus 
just have a shiny new POS system right in front of you that still runs on the same old software. Um, and past that, I think that what really make or breaks the rollout of technology is consistent training and the continued usage by the store employees so that customers can have the most elevated experience possible. Because I've seen so many instances where the kickoff is a success and everyone's excited about the new technology in a store. But over time, you see a lot of seasonal hiring, high turnover in employees, um, as well as management to the point where the initiative falls to the wayside, um, which then causes the technology essentially um, to rarely be customer facing, if at all, if it's not being used by the staff. And so without that consistency, the rollout is ultimately useless. So making sure that from day one, the training and implementation of that technology is consistent. It will allow your customers to become more familiar with the process and use it almost on their own, um, sometimes without the assistance of an employee if that um, technology uh, is applicable in that sense. Another piece of your experience that I think is really important is you spent five years in fashion retail. Uh, during that time, you had the opportunity to work on several technology rollouts, though they weren't all that successful. So I wanted to break um, as many as you can down with as much detail as you can give. Uh, you know, what went wrong and why? And I kind of want to unpack each of those. Right. Um, so without naming any names, um, it's, sure, it's as simple sure. as what we said before. The technology for the sake of technology is where it all kind of falls apart. Um, one of the brands that I worked with rolled out a uh, fingerprint scanner to replace keying in your own uh, six-digit password at the POS um, front counter, which seemed like it could have some potential, but ultimately only saved a matter of seconds um, when it actually worked because there were so many issues with smudges on the sensors and people having to go grab a manager who then had to be there in person to put their finger on the scanner to initiate a return of an item. Um, and, you know, it's it seems like something that is super futuristic and really cool. Um, customers even kind of got, uh, you know, an interesting impression from that experience watching um, employees use the fingerprint scanner. But um, like I said, it only saved a matter of seconds at the cash register. Um, another brand that I worked with for a number of years encouraged guests to check out with an associate that was using a tablet rather than at the uh, static cash register front counter. Um, but unfortunately, the tablet was using the same outdated software that caused the um, physical cash wrap to move slowly. So um, in order for the technology to be successful, it should have been new and targeted that pain point. Um, but instead, like I said, it just really seemed to be about what the customers were seeing as far as shiny new tablets that an associate was holding and able to check them out with, um, but then also only with a credit card. So it really was more limiting technology um, and it slowed down the checkout process um, rather than sped it up and gave a customer's, you know, a heightened sense of experience and um, value. So that's where both of those instances, the ones that stick out to me the most kind of fell apart. 
And, you know, what kind of lessons did you take away from that as you continued to approach technology rollouts in retail and food service and in other um, other industries that are feeling the impact of this experience economy? All of those failures can be related back to the lack of research that was put into the technology before it rolls, was rolled out. You, you need to have a sense of honesty as a brand with the common roadblocks and where you lack in customer service um, before taking insights from your real employees and customers um, to implement a solution that truly solves a problem versus the technology that seems on the outside like it'll really save time, enhance experience, bring personalization, whereas once you kind of take a step out of your management role and into the shoes of a sales associate or someone in a retail store or at a movie theater in any type of physical brick and mortar sales location. Um, that's where you're really going to find out where the pain points are and identify them with technology that will actually solve them versus look great on the outside and fall flat once it's uh, implemented. So what's your advice for the best kind of research then? You know, how should these retailers approach understanding what those core issues are, how they need to solve them, and, you know, doing it in a way that is comprehensive um, and doesn't skip any, um, you know, any steps? Coming from someone who worked as sales associate, manager, stock, um, and shipment, you know, all of those different roles in retail stores... I would say that you really have to take it as specific as possible and really get the feedback from the employees that face these issues day to day. Because even at times, managers can sometimes be blind to the issues facing their sales associates because you only get so much one-on-one -on -one time with your managers and uh, even um, you know people from upper management that are more at the corporate level. You're not seeing the... you know every few instances with a customer where you have a bad experience or they kind of walk away slightly dissatisfied. Um, you really need to measure all of those little moments that ultimately reflect on the um, poor system that you might have in place. So taking that feedback from as many of your lower level employees as possible that are really seeing these issues on a constant basis is extremely important. And then it goes to the opposite side where you have to take into consideration your customer feedback. You know, it might seem as if you're hearing a lot of small complaints about minor obstacles that a customer could face, um, you know, in a store or um, even trying to interact with your brand um, online. You have to take all of that feedback and really dig deep to find the ultimate roadblock that you're facing. Um, that's more than just, oh, I didn't like that my size was out of stock or that the sale had ended before I could get into the store. It, um, it's always going to reflect on a bigger issue that needs to be targeted. And that's where the intense research needs to go in um, and uh, get that feedback from your customers so that you are able to um, get as specific as possible and then develop a solution that really just improves the customer experience on the level that they are 
asking for and needing more so than something that you might think looks good and we're going to test it out. And then, you know, those failures that you experienced um, while you were working in fashion retail, what do you think they might be telling of for the larger ecosystem of technology and retail? You know, I I know we already broke down. You got to be focused on the research. You have to roll it out effectively. But um, did it point you in any direction for maybe what technology specifically is really showing itself to be the most useful? I would say that a lot of issues came in um, in addition to, you know, the ones that we spoke on before is just the... um, difference in, um, the way that people will view retail stores, you know, some people are really seeing them as, uh, an up and coming market that has a lot of potential versus then you have the other side where, you know, people say that brick and mortar is failing and that can lead to brands doing a lot of cuts in terms of customer service associates on the sales floor. And that is where I feel like there is a, big opportunity for the automated technology to not take the place of a sales associate because there is nothing that can truly replace the customer to associate connection. Um, You always need to have some type of person to provide that personalization for the customer, if that makes sense. And the way to fill in the gaps between the human to human contact that you're having is with some type of automated kiosk, uh, self checkout, something that allows the customer to be self-sufficient, but also still have the store employees to fall back on when they have a specific question or are looking for more of like a human recommendation rather than something that a computer could provide to them based on, you know, types of data and analytics that we're collecting. All right. So to kind of wrap up the conversation, um, ending things on a more broad perspective, um, just in general, what are the aspects of the consumer experience in retail that you'd say still have the most friction and are the ones that are causing the most grief for retailers? Even if the solutions tend to be best when they're case by case, I feel like there are still just kind of broad blanket aspects of the consumer experience that are not frictionless at all. Right. Um, I definitely agree with you on that. Um, As you said, the implementation on a case-by-case basis is extremely necessary because nothing is one size fits all, especially when it comes to technology, being that we want our solutions to be broad enough to appeal to a large number of customers to solve a large number of problems. I would say that the most friction um, really comes down to the... Um, the pain points all seem to come back to the customer experience where they are either lacking in that sort of contact on the sales floor or at the cash register where customers, um, required that their needs are being met before they can make a purchase. And when you are understaffed on the sales floor or are running into a lot of problems with stock and the, um, organization of your store, that's where customers are going to face a lot of issues. And when they can't find someone to assist with those issues, that's where it can be nice to have some type of technologies just to try and fill that gap um, 
while the store really nails down what its um, problems are and how it can bring in either additional technology or additional resources to fix that. So um, on the sales floor at the cash register, those are two very, um, very frictionful, I would say, um, parts of the consumer experience where um, customers will require a lot of help. You know, not a lot of retail stores employ those um, self-checkout options just because of the liability and the confusion that can come from that, um, especially in situations where you're in fashion retail versus, you know, at your local Target. Um, and that is where um, you can implement technology once you nail down what the key issues are and, uh, you know, start to build on that customer experience so that you can ensure that your customers return to you time after time. The technology that really stands out to me as the most effective um, that I think kind of can be treated in a blanket way is point of sale technology that makes the checkout process more efficient. Um, Because I think on many levels, you can still roll out some cool digital signage, even if your vision isn't 100% on point. And it can still, you know, attract some consumers and get people in the door and say, oh, wow, that, that display is really cool, right? That may not have a great long-lasting effect to boost your business or to pad your bottom line, but, um, you know, I, I think it still has at least some aesthetic value. When we talk about making the point of sale more efficient. I feel like that's where so many retailers feel pain points. Um, It's where we can see the most immediate kind of solutions, but also I think integrations into a larger marketing arm and a larger content arm, uh, because there are a lot of point of sale um, solutions out there that integrate with content plans that kind of blast um, unique, engaging, and personalized content as you're checking out. And that stuff can either prompt, hey, we saw you purchased all this. Would you like to buy this as well? You uh, you know, offer suggestions like that. It could offer coupons. It could, you know, link to, oh, you know, now that you're done shopping here, um, try hitting up one of these other stores or heading online to order this thing, you know, when it's time for a replacement. That kind of engagement as you're checking out is I think really important because right now there really isn't a lot of that. You get the human interaction, but there aren't a lot of uh, touch points for the consumer to continue to buy in and for content or for um, marketing initiatives to hit them as they're paying. Right. Um, And one thing that I have to agree with is um, the way that kiosks, um, for example, can be implemented um, because they're so adaptable and in a way you can update them almost seamlessly um, to better fit your um, plan for the company, you know, whether it be um, different changes being implemented or if you're just doing some testing. Um, The fact that you can update your kiosks almost instantly is just an invaluable resource right now because brands are able to bring these kiosks um, or other self-checkout options into their stores and really see what works and what doesn't while gathering, like I said, that research and all of the backup data that they need to make an informed decision on how they can better improve their customer experience and then implement that through their technology as quickly as possible to um, 
almost ensure that there are no delays in that rollout, um, which is, I think, a really big part of why technology is so important in retail, because it allows brands to stay nimble and agile and make changes that in the past they weren't able to do that quickly. All right, Amanda, to wrap up the conversation, uh, I want to just get an example from you of a retail uh, solution, a technology rollout, something maybe more high profile, more big level that you think really reflects what a frictionless brick and mortar retail experience is all about. Um, Yeah, just kind of giving you some room here to give props to a project that you're a fan of. One piece of the checkout experience that I really feel is of use to almost any retailer is our um, new research into the um, rollout of Bluetooth technology and the way that customers can pick and choose what customers they'd like to apply to their order. And also, like I said, you know, physically apply them um, without the store associate having to key in some 20 digit number to apply a coupon that also might get rejected by the system. Um, Having an updated interface um, through a mobile app or on um, the mobile website for a retailer, allowing customers to see um, what is ultimately going to benefit them based on what they're purchasing, and then um, inject that coupon into the POS seamlessly through Bluetooth technology um, just really speaks to me um, and my experience in retail because there were so many times I remember when I had to key in some long coupon only for me to realize that I had typed it in incorrectly seven times. Um, It really takes away from the customer experience at the uh, checkout and also causes long lines, um, dissatisfaction, especially if a coupon's not working and you're not really realizing why. Um, Having that instant connectivity that Bluetooth can provide for us um, is a really awesome advancement that I am excited to hopefully start rolling out in retail stores um, just because it seems like such a minor change, but giving the customers that control the ability to see when their coupon has been applied to their order and um, really just wrap up that purchase experience as seamlessly as possible um, is a really great stride um, for a lot of retail businesses. All right, Amanda Stam, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Beyond Technology, the experience podcast brought to you by Acrylic. It's a pleasure always getting to chat with y'all and to break down all of your unique experiences in um, you know this, this varying market that is the experience economy. Um, I think why it's so exciting to be chatting about the experience economy is because it really is that blend of pro-AV, retail, hospitality, technology, IoT, uh, you know, it's everything working together into this larger customer-focused, creative-focused rollout just across so many different industries. And that's what's getting me excited about it. I feel like that's what's getting you excited about it, too. Um, But yeah, it's always a pleasure getting to chat. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Yeah, thank you, Daniel, so much. Those were great questions. Uh, Very thought-provoking and exciting. So, um be uh, on the lookout for um, some of our solutions the next time you go shopping. And thank you everyone for listening to today's episode of Beyond Technology, the experience podcast brought to you by Acrylec. If you like what you heard and want to listen to previous episodes or consume some more of our content or just poke around at some of the solutions that we're bringing to the table that are transforming so many different industries, you can head to acrylec.com. 
You can also find our podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And make sure you leave a rating and a comment wherever you listen to your podcast content. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. Till next time.